God loves to show himself strong in the lives of people. He has always done so through those who will give themselves fully and completely to him. Before giving the Ten Commandments, Moses commanded the people to consecrate themselves. Standing on the edge of the Jordan River, Joshua told the people to consecrate themselves fully to God, for he would do wonders among them. Jesus calls us to love him, not with part, but with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Nothing held back, nothing separated. Not 10%, not 90%, 100%. All for his use, all for his name, all for his will, and all for his glory. To those who do, he will show himself strong with unmistakable, unquestionable, unlimited, and unthinkable power. The world has yet to see what God will do with, and for, and through, and in, and by the one who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. Amen. Welcome to a new year at Vertical Church. I'm excited for what God has in store for us this year. Amen? All right. Very good. So our series, Lord of the All. Man, I can't wait to see what all God is going to do in our church and our lives this year. There's some very exciting things on the horizon uh, for our church, and we'll be talking about those over the next few weeks, and we'll get into more of that, and I can't wait to be a part of all that. So um, let me start with a story this morning. 1855, a man named Edward Kimball walks into a shoe store in Boston. And he is set on buying a pair of shoes, but more than just buy a pair of shoes, he's looking to share the gospel. He meets a young man who is one of the boys who works in the stock room. He shares the gospel with him, and this young man ends up going to church with him, prays to receive Christ, and then is filled with a fire to share the gospel with others. He becomes so passionate that he notices the young children in the streets who are financially poor, come from broken homes, and spiritually lost. And he develops a Bible study, a Sunday school class for them. This man's name is D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody ends up moving to Chicago, starts a church because God is blessing the work. And as he continues, the church grows, his ability to influence others grow, and he is sharing the gospel and becomes a very well-known pastor and speaker. So much so that crowds are growing and coming to hear God work and speak through him. He's speaking on one night and he finishes his message and they hear the fire alarm bells go off in the city. This is the great Chicago fire. And the great Chicago fire destroyed much of the city and D.L. Moody's church and his work. And he wonders, what in the world? God, you were blessing. Your word was being proclaimed. What happened? He went through a very difficult time as he suffered this setback and loss, and many people lost their lives and their fortunes during that fire. D.L. Moody traveled overseas to Europe and began to speak there, and God blessed as well. And while he was there, he heard another pastor say the words you just heard in this video. 
the world is yet to see what God will do with and for and through and in and by the one who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. And D.L. Moody heard that and was so moved by the spirit of God with that that he said, I will dedicate my life to sharing the gospel. D.L. Moody went on after that time and opened the Northfield Seminary for Young Women. He opened the Mount Hermon School for Boys. He founded the Moody Bible Institute that is still in existence today. He established really what we know of or have known of as the modern revival movement. It all began with D.L. Moody. And over his lifetime, it is believed that he led over one million people to know Jesus Christ. And it began because someone shared the gospel with him and he heard the call and the challenge to make Jesus Lord of every part of his life, not just a piece, not just a part, not just Sunday, but the entirety of his life. And he gave his life for others to know that. This series is built around that same calling. Jesus calls us not to a religion. He calls us to a walk with him, a lifestyle with him, where our all is given to him. And we love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. And there's such a spirit in our day today of religion that says, I'm gonna give God some of my life. I'm going to give God a compartment of my life. I'll give God a piece of my life. I'll give him some Sunday. I'll give him some part of my day. I'll give him this, but I don't want him in my job, in my entertainment, in my friends, in my activities, in my thoughts. And Jesus says, I've come that you may have life in all of who you are. Our message today is called This Before That. Because if you want to experience all that God has for you, then you've got to get to the place where you're willing to put it all on the line and surrender it all to him. Turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3 today. This is where our story is going to come from. We're going to see stories throughout this series from the scriptures of people who were challenged by God to give their all and what God did as a result when they did and sometimes what happened when they did not. Now, let me first say this today before we get into the passage. Uh, we're doing something new with this series, and I'll show you this on screen. We're gonna put it on our app, and we'll have it on social media today. If you wanna take a photo of this next screen, you're welcome to, because we're putting out a daily Bible reading to go along with the series. So feel free to take a picture of the screen if you'd like right now. Again, we're gonna have this on the app. You can see it there, the church app. We're gonna put it on social media. You can follow along. Here are some passages that you can read this week uh, to go along with this series. And as you read through them, you'll see the connection. So I encourage you to read these, take some notes along the way, ask God to speak to you in the midst of it. I'm convinced he will, and he will lead us to be a church who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. And I believe we're gonna see God do great things in our church, amen? Man, he did this past year in 2022, and I'm convinced there's more ahead for us in 2023. So Joshua chapter three. So Joshua uh, is now the ruler, the, the leader of God's people. He follows Moses. Can you imagine following Moses as the guy? And so he does. He has to follow Moses. Moses has died. Moses led the people out of Egypt, out of their time of slavery. God miraculously showed himself strong through Moses. They crossed the Red Sea. You remember that story? God gave the law through Moses. He led them, but Moses died. 
Moses died with the people wandering and never getting to the place that they were called to get to, the land of promise. They wandered in the desert for 40 years, not finding the place, not getting to the place because they stubbornly refused to give their all, is what happened. And so here, Joshua is now given the role of being the leader, to be the one who leads them in the path toward the promised land. And on the way, they're gonna face some struggles, they're gonna face some tension, but God is gonna be faithful to lead them along the way and has given a great promise. He has said, I will be with you. I will be the one who will lead and guide you and it will be your responsibility to follow me. God gave this call to Joshua. In fact, in the early part of Joshua chapter one, God said to him, my servant Moses is dead. Now, therefore, I want you to arise and I want you to go over this Jordan, which was a river, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So the land, the area of the Jordan is a river, a land that God had. But this stands between all that God has for them and where they currently are. And this is life. We have where we are currently in our present we have the promises of what God has for us in the future, things that we're holding to, praying for, praying bold about. But then there are problems that stand in the way. There are things that we look at and we think, well, God, I'm here. What I'm praying for is there. But man, this is standing in the way right now. I don't see how I can get to here because of this. I don't know how I'm supposed to get from here to what you say you have for me because this seems so daunting. This is so massive. This is so difficult. It seems problematic. I don't see how in the world this could come to pass. And God says, I have a promise for you. And if I made a promise, I will get you there. When a problem comes in the way, I will bring you through it. The problem is not a sign that I've left you. The problem is the sign that I'm going to show myself to you strong to get to the promise. Amen? So when you look at 2023, you look at what's ahead for you, you might think, man, I got some obstacles in the way. I got some struggles. I got some things that I just don't know how I can get to a place of better promises being true in my life because of the problems that stand in the way. Look, don't let the enemy convince you that this is meant to keep you from this. The truth is, this is meant to be the pathway to this. Amen? God has brought things to us, to each one of us, that is a problem right now, but it is designed to be the way to get us to the promises of God. Now, the Jordan River was about, most likely, they believed that the path where they're about to cross here in just a moment, I'm giving you a little spoiler, they're going to cross this river, is about 100 feet wide. Now, that's a long way. And it's believed it's probably anywhere between 3 and 10 feet deep. But when you think about taking some 100,000 or even up to 2 million people, it's believed, a nation 
across this river, that's problematic. How are we going to get them all across there? How am I going to get to what waits over there? How am I going to get to what God has promised when it seems like the obstacle in the way is so big, is so problematic? So we start in Joshua 3, and here is what it says. Verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, a good plan, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. Now, the scripture is very specific. Scripture is very clear, and there's so much contained within it, even just in this simple statement of Acacia Grove. If you were to go back in a little bit of scripture and find some history here, in fact, to Numbers 25, you'll find that in their wanderings, the people of God came to this place called Acacia Grove. And when they came there, the Bible says in Numbers 25 that there the people of God began to commit immorality with the people of the, of the other nations. They began to be unfaithful. They began to compromise. They began to give up their calling that God had upon them to be unique and different. And they began to just be like the other nations. And they began to be unfaithful. They began to be immoral. They began to lose their convictions. They gave in to the woke mob of the day. They gave in to what was going on around them. They gave in to all the temptations and they began to lose who they were. They no longer had their distinctiveness as the people of God. But here it says that they set out from that place to the Jordan. There came a day when they said, you know what? This living in Acacia Grove has got to stop. If we want to get to where God has called us to be, we've got to leave where we were. We've got to leave our sin. We've got to leave the world. We've got to walk out and be unique and follow after what God has called us to. Amen? Same is true for us. If you want to experience all that God has for you this next year, you're going to have to leave some things behind that were in 2022. You're going to have to leave behind some habits. You're going to have to leave behind some patterns. You're going to have to leave behind some things that you've been doing. You're going to have to leave behind your sin. You're going to have to leave behind your selfishness because you can't bring Acacia Grove with you if you're going into the Jordan and the promises beyond. That's how it works. Verse 2, or the rest of verse 1, it says that it was he and all the children of Israel. They lodged there before they crossed over. They got to the place and they, they lodged right before the Jordan. He said, wow, this is going to be a challenge. Verse 2 says, so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, and you shall set out from your place and go after it. Now, if you remember the Ark of the Covenant, this is not Noah's Ark. This is the Ark that God had told Moses to build. It is the golden box with angels on top. It's to be carried by the priests on the poles like we've talked about. This was kept in the Holy of Holies of the tabernacle. And it was to be carried for every place that they went. And it was to lead the way. It represented God's presence and God's power and God's provision. And whenever they went, wherever they traveled, it was to lead. The presence and the power of God led the way. 
And so Joshua reminds him, he says, look, when we start out here in a little bit, you make sure that you go and you follow the presence and the power of God. Don't try to go around it. Don't try to get out in front of it and lead. Your role is to follow the Lord. That's our role. We're going to 2023. I'm not going to go my own way. I'm not going to do my own thing. I'm not going to make my own plans. I'm going to say, God, you lead. Your presence, your power, your purposes in front. Go out in front of me. The passage goes on and he says, yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. You're about to go to some places you haven't been before. Don't act like you know the way. Let God lead. Keep a little distance so that you can change. If he decides he wants to go left, you turn and go left. If, you decide, if he decides he wants to go right, you turn and go right. You let him leave and you stay in the place behind because you have not been there before. 2023 is going to take us to places that we haven't been before. And that's okay. In fact, that's good. In fact, you shouldn't get to the end of 2023 and your life be exactly like it is at the beginning of 2023. Because God is leading. God is moving. God is going places. And he calls us to follow. Don't look the same then as you do today. Amen? Follow. Lead. Let him lead and let's go wherever he goes. But then, then Joshua gives them some most important instructions. Here's what he says. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Man, I love this. Sanctify yourselves. The word sanctify here means to set yourself apart for a purpose. Change the activities and your mindset and your perspective based on the purpose that God has called you to. Now, the word sanctify does mean to set apart. We've seen it in other parts of the Old Testament. In Genesis, when God sanctified and blessed the seventh day, he set it apart. He sanctified it. He said, this is a special day. He set it apart from all the other days. It's different than the other days. He set it apart. said, think of this day differently. In Exodus, when God gave the instructions for how to build the tabernacle, and he gave the instructions for the high priest, he gave them a very, set of, a very clear set of instructions for some clothing the high priest was to wear. And this was so that he would be set apart. He would be different than everyone else. And then he gave instructions for what was to be used inside the tabernacle for worship. And God was very clear. He said, when you make these items that are used for worship inside the tabernacle, he said, don't use them for everything else. Don't use them for the common things of life. Keep them set apart to be used just for the worship of God. So this word sanctify, again, means to set apart, to use for God's 
purposes, for God's glory, so that he says what it's used for, not us. Now, it's something we can all relate to. Uh, for, uh, my wife has, in the past, been involved in running half marathons. That's way outside my league. We would go and cheer her on. But I watched her prepare for those because she knew this is what she was wanting to do. This was her purpose. She set herself apart for that purpose. And so she began to change how her activity was every day. She began to change what her diet was. She began to change what her schedule was. And so when the time came to run the half marathon, because she had set herself apart for that purpose, she could and she did. If someone were entering the military, they would go through a time of training to set themselves apart for that purpose. They would train for that. They would discipline themselves for that. They would say no to some activities and yes to some activities because their purpose was clear. And when you know your purpose, you have to change your activities if you want to accomplish your purpose. You have to set yourself apart for that purpose. Amen? If you are going to get married and you have been single, you have to go through a time of preparation. You start changing some things about you. You get some counsel. You begin limiting where you go, who you hang out with. That's not the time for the guy to be chasing other women. Loose activities. That's the time to focus. Get your focus right, your priorities right, to be prepared to be a godly husband. Amen? When you know your purpose, you change your activities and your mindset so that you can accomplish the purpose. You set yourself apart for that purpose. As God's people, God was saying to them, I've called you to a greater purpose. In fact, in the Old Testament, God chose Israel to be the nation on planet Earth that would show everybody else, here's what it looks like to be known by God and know God. Think, well, why did he choose them? Because he wanted to. Had they done anything special? No. He chose them that he might use them to show everyone else, here is what it looks like to be known by God and know God and walk in his ways. And so he said, I'm about to do something among you. I'm about to do, as he says in the verse, wonders. I'm about to show you something powerful. But in order for you to experience that, you are going to have to set yourself apart for that purpose. You're going to have to sanctify yourselves. You're going to have to give yourselves fully to me if you want to see wonders done in your life. Man, there's so much application for that as we're going to see in this passage. This is what Jesus calls us to. He says, I, I have things I'm going to do in your life. In fact, let me just make a couple of points here that I, I believe are, are true for us. Number one is this. God has greater things for you and us in 2023. You think, oh, did you get a prophetic word from the Lord about that? Look, I opened his word and I got a word from his word. That's all I have to do because it's there. I know from his written word, 
He is conforming us to the image of his son. I didn't have to seek out anybody for that insight. It's in his word. So guess what? He is using every situation, every circumstance, his spirit within me to conform me and you to the image of his son. He is doing that. That's active right now in your life. That is going to happen in 2023. God is going to bring situations into your life, he already is, that are going to help conform you to be more like Jesus. Amen? That's already in his word. He's already promised that. He is propping, he is already promised that no weapon formed against us will prosper. He's promised that. He's already promised that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. He's already promised that nothing can separate us from his love. He's already promised that he who began a good work in us will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen? He, he is at work and he will continue to work and he has already given us in Christ every spiritual blessing. So I can, on the authority of God's word, say to you and myself, God has greater things for you and us as a church in 2023. Amen? We stand on that and we believe that. We have a holy purpose. We as a church have a purpose bigger than ourselves. We are called to be the light of the world. We are called to be ministers of reconciliation. We are called to be ambassadors for Christ. We are called to be the body of Christ. And we have been placed here at this time for his purposes. Amen? This is not just a Sunday gathering spot for us. This is not just a religious activity for us. We believe God has a purpose and will continue to work in us. This past year, our church saw some things happen that we didn't necessarily know were going to happen. The daycare that had been a part of our existence here since we were birthed as a church, up and left. They had a new location in Middle Othian, so rent that was coming in for our church all of a sudden came to an end this past year. To be honest, there were some days I was kind of nervous about that. I'm like, God, what in the world? I thought we were on a trajectory here to some promises and a big old problem showed up. But guess what? We sought the Lord, we did as a church, and God provided. God provided through those who gave and God has provided in some miraculous ways and continues to provide, even in the change in the income from the daycare being here, amen? He has promised and he will do what he said he's gonna do. And so I can be confident, you can too. He is going to do a work in you this next year. He is going to work and wants to do wonders in you, in your marriage, in your family, and in our church. I'm convinced he wants us to be a light here in Ellis County. I don't have to get some secret insight from anybody to know that that's the case. I just look at God's word and it tells me that. Wherever he places us, he calls us to be the light of the world. And where has he placed us? In Ovilla, in Ellis County, for such a time as this. So I'm excited for what's ahead. I believe we are going to be instrumentally used by God to shape families, to see reconciliation come in marriages, to see lives change, people come to know Jesus, and more baptisms happen right here in this spot in 2023. We are impacting the kingdom. 
We are going to see the kingdom grow. We are going to see people's hearts more yielded to God than we ever have before. We're going to see a, a greater spirit of worship rise up in this place. We're going to see greater blessings happen in our lives because Jesus is the head of the church. Amen? Amen. So we can stand on that authority. But we can also stand on this responsibility. To see these greater things, we must sanctify ourselves. God can do any of these by his own will and way, however he wants. But he has chosen to do them through his people. And the way we get to experience it is by setting ourselves apart. Just like Joshua told the people, God is going to do wonders among us, but you're going to have to set yourself apart first. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So as we go into this new year, you want to see God work in your life? It'll be important that we take some active steps to set ourselves apart, that we leave some things behind, that we stop doing some things that are not helpful or godly in the pursuit of being his people. If we're going to run the race of faith, then I got to lay aside some things that keep me from running. Hello? If I'm going to be a soldier for Christ, then I got to do some things that keep me. I got to lay aside some things that keep me from being a soldier for Christ. I've got to lay aside some habits. I got to lay aside some, some thoughts. I got to lay aside some entertainment I've been involved in. I got to lay aside some drunkenness, some laziness, some, some gluttony, some distractions. I got to lay aside some stuff if I want to be used by God. Hello? I got to lay aside some, some, some places I'm getting information from that are affecting me negatively. I got to lay aside some news sources that are not helping me get my news source right from heaven. I got to lay aside some relationships that are not helping me get to the kingdom side. Amen. I got to lay aside some relationships that are not interested in hearing what God has to say so that I can reach those who are interested in what God has to say. Amen. This is some things that we have to do personally in our life. I have to get past all those things. I got to get past and I got to leave behind in Acacia Grove that very spirit of religion that's in our day. You know, this, I believe, is one of the most damaging spirits here in Ellis County. I mean, we live in a conservative area, spiritually, politically, economically. But don't be fooled by that into thinking everybody here are believers in Jesus Christ. There is a spirit of religion in our area. There's a spirit that says, I'm fine giving Jesus a little. I'm fine going to church. I'm, finding, I'm fine giving him 10%. In fact, I like my religious activities as long as those religious activities don't impose on my own activities. This is what we find, I'm afraid, here in Ellis County. People want to do their church but then they want to do their other stuff on their own and they don't want this to mix with this. 
hello? They don't want the Bible to speak off into their lives too much. They don't want the Bible to come up and tell them that's not healthy, that's not good, that's not gonna help you in the kingdom's sake. Keep my religion on Sunday, but keep your religion out of my life on Monday, hello? But this is where God says, if you wanna, if you wanna see me do wonders, in your life as the church in this area, then we have to get to the place where we set ourselves apart. Where we say, God, I know you want far more than just religious people. I know you want far more than me giving you 10 and me keeping 90. I know you want all 100 to be used for your glory. I know you want more than me just keeping faith separate from all the other areas of my life. I know you want more than just compartmentalized life that keeps Jesus out of all the other areas. If we want to see all that God has for us, then we've got to be to the place where we're ready to give all for him. Amen? So, back to our story. Scripture tells us in verse 13, we drop down to 13, it says, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan. So Joshua's given some instructions. He said, look here, everybody. We're gonna go. We're gonna cross this Jordan. God's gonna do something miraculous here. At this point, what's fascinating to me is they're not even sure what it is yet that God's gonna do. They don't know what it is, but they know there's something coming. And so Joshua says, here's the deal. You're going to follow the Ark of the Covenant and the priest. And what they're going to do is they're going to walk, and they're going to walk right into their problem. In fact, they're going to step right up into it. When the soles of their feet, those who bear the Ark of the Lord... They're going to rest inside the Jordan. You're going to have to get into it if you want to see what I've got for you next. And so we're going to move toward it. We're going to start walking. We're going to move toward the promise, even though it puts us into the problem. You're going to see the feet of the priest get into the water. Interesting. God didn't say, now stand back here and just wait and keep waiting and just keep waiting and just keep waiting and just keep waiting. No, he said, I want us to start moving forward. In fact, you're going to have to move toward the promise if you want to see the provision. You're going to have to get up into this if you want to see what I'm going to give into this. You're going to have to move toward it and put your feet in it. And this is what he calls the priest to do. He says, when they do that, here's what's going to happen. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand as a heap. Now, here's where the miracle comes in. You think, this sounds crazy. He says, when the priest start Moving forward, when the entire nation begins moving in obedience toward the promise and they put their feet into the river, he said, the waters are going to be cut off. So let's just think about this for a minute. You think about this river basin and here is the, here's the river and all of a sudden this water is going to be cut off. 
And then it's going to begin to fill up. I don't know if you've ever seen a creek or a river flood, but when it does, it gets out of its banks and it gets wide and it starts flowing and it starts getting big back here and it starts pooling up and it starts making a lake and it's like, oh no, because the river has stopped flowing. This 100 foot wide, 10 foot deep river has just stopped flowing. He says, here's what's gonna happen. This river is gonna start standing up like a heap. It is gonna be filled with water back here, but it's gonna stand up against what all you're about to walk through. Crazy, this is the miraculous part. God was about to do something that was different from the laws of nature. Water does not stand up. Hello? It just doesn't. I don't care how long you try it. It doesn't stand up. But in this moment, God is about to change the laws of physics. He's about to change gravity in this moment because water is about to stack up like you might stack up some sticks or rocks, it's gonna stand up. God is gonna change the natural occurrence of events to do something miraculous for his people. So don't ever think because you see your physical circumstances and think there is no way this could change. Don't believe that when you believe in a promise because God can change the circumstances. He can change the natural order of events. He can change what has always been. And as far as they had always known, the river had always flowed. But here, it was all about to change because God was about to make a way in the river when there hadn't been a way before. God was about to do something miraculous that was against the natural order of events. So I don't care that you've got a situation you think, yeah, you just don't know my situation though. You don't know my marriage, you don't know my family, you don't know my circumstances, you don't know my job, you don't know my income, you don't, I don't have to know. I know the God who created all things. I know the God who gives promises that are bigger than all things. And I know the God who wrote this story right here, who made water stand up like a heap when it shouldn't have. Amen? So what's fascinating here as the scripture goes on, it says that in verse 15, that this is exactly what happened. It says, and as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water. As soon as they moved forward and their foot just went right down into the river. Here's what it says. That the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose up in a heap very far away. Then the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. They started walking across here and this is all dry. That's another miracle. You don't just purge a river of its water and all of a sudden it's dry ground. This stuff would be muddy for weeks. But God makes dry ground. He makes a way. It says, and all Israel, the entire nation, 
crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. I love that. I love the fact that it was the priests who went first and stepped into the river. I love the fact that they put their, their, the sole of their foot in first. There's so much here in this, but I think that reminds us that if you want to see God work in your life this next year, you've got to be willing to move forward and by faith put your foot down for the next step. You don't give up. You don't stand back in fear and anxiety. You walk in obedience to what God has said, even when you can't figure out what's going to happen next. They didn't know what was going to happen next. They didn't have the book of Joshua to read and say, oh, it says that the waters are going to... No, they just knew what God had said and they did it. And then this happened. I also love the fact that it was the priest who went first. The priests, the one who represented God, the one who went into the very presence of God on behalf of the people. Do you know the the New Testament says that Jesus is our great high priest. He is the one who has entered heaven for us and who can sympathize with us because he was in all points tempted like we were, yet without sin. Look here. This river represents judgment. Water always represents judgment in the Old Testament. But Jesus took our place as the one who took our judgment. And when the heap of waters was against us and there was no way that we could get to God, Jesus entered those waters of judgment for us. And because of his death, he held back all of the raging river of God's judgment that was coming for us and made a way for us to cross over into the very presence and purposes of God on dry ground. Amen? Look here. If Jesus did that for us on the cross, you can be confident that he has already entered 2023 for you. Don't let some circumstance give you a reason to fear what is ahead. Instead, know that your great high priest has already gone before you. He's already put his foot in the water for you. He's already stopped the hand of judgment against you. And in fact, he has unleashed hand of favor for you. He has provided forgiveness for you. He's provided blessing for you. You can walk into 2023 confident of knowing he's for you, he's with you, he'll bless you, but you're going to have to do something first. You're going to have to sanctify yourself. You're going to have to set yourself apart. You're going to have to say, God, not my will, your will be done. God, not my will. My plans, your plans. God, I want to see you do wondrous things. Maybe you'd say, I hadn't seen that in a long time in my life. I hadn't seen wonders. I hadn't seen miraculous things happen. Maybe it's because you've been giving God a little, hoping he'll give you much. And he says, I want to do signs and wonders in your life. 
I want to do stuff that you think and really are are miraculous. But you're going to have to sanctify yourself. You're going to have to set yourself apart for my purposes. Jesus came for that. This is your purpose, to live holy and righteous and for his glory. Amen? Let's walk into 2023 set apart. Amen? Let's walk in confident. Let's walk in certain our great high priest has gone before us. And let's go in living for him. Amen? Let's do that individually. Let's do that in our families. Let's do that as a church. And there are wondrous things that are ahead. I don't care how deep the river is to you. He will do wonders amongst us. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you that you are the one who has led us. You led us out of our Egypt because you gave us a savior. You led us across our own Red Sea of destruction because you provided a savior. And you're not finished leading us. You have promises that are great. You have wonders that are miraculous that you want to do in our lives. And God, I'm confident of that because you tell us that in your word. So as we enter a new year, we will do so confident of the promise in front of us and confident that the problem in front of us is the way you're going to show yourself mighty and strong. So I pray that we would set ourselves apart for that, to be holy and completely given to you, that we might see and the world might see what it looks like to be known by you, to be loved by you, and then to love you with our all in return. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We are so glad that y'all are here with us this morning. What a great series. We are already kicking off. I love when we start a new series, but this one is going to be amazing. So I want to encourage y'all to grab one of the cards right in front of you that has the series title, invite a friend to come with you next week. Share it on Facebook. You can send them the sermon on YouTube, but invite somebody to come and join in um, and kick off the new year with us at Vertical. My name is Roseanne and I have a few announcements for you. The first one is coming up on January 22nd. We are having a parent-child dedication. This is for child children of any age, but we do ask that you sign up on the app. So what is parent-child dedication? It is committing to raising your child in faith. So sign up on the app. You just need to choose if you're gonna be dedicating in the first or the second service, and we will be having a meeting on January 15th right upstairs. And then the other announcement is also for parents. If you have an extreme or a driven child, we are not meeting this week, but they will be back next week on January 8th. So those are your vertical announcements. All right, amen. Let's all stand together. Are you ready for a new year? Amen. We're going to go in set apart. We're going to walk into it confident of his promises. Amen. Let's do this. Lift him up and...